Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of The Infertile Diagnosis. I'm your host, Monica Cox, along with Sarah Clark, and we're here to support, inspire, and educate those who are all consumed with the label of infertility. We totally know how you're feeling. Both Sarah and I were diagnosed with a form of infertility before we hit our 30s. We let the fertility experts dictate our past and ignored what our bodies were trying to tell us for far too long. So here we are, helping you take control of your infertile diagnosis. Hello, we are back to de- de- we are back to discuss about when we actually found out that our normal health issues were the actual cause our, of our infertility and not the actual diagnosis of what we got, like the POF or for me unexplained um, infertility. If we were Bill and Ted, and we went on in an excellent adventure, and we met ourselves, would you have listened? <laughs> I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have back then because because I grew up with my mom, and and it was like, you know, going to that plant based diet back then, and she was went vegan thirty years ago, and now everyone now the, the amount of people I go into my local, you know, plant based restaurant, it's filled with twenty something cute women you know, eating, eating all the healthy stuff back then it was, it was not, it was like hippies and it it was not cool. And it was like quackery and, and stuff. So I would have thought all this stuff was really bullshit. I I really, I don't think I would have, that's why I didn't see it. That's why, you know, when my, my daughter had, you know, tubes in her ears and um, her, her tonsils taken out and her adenoids removed. I didn't go and say, well, maybe she should go dairy free. That would work. No, I went to the E the, the ENT and he's, she's like, rip it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know if I had have done that, I would have avoided all those surgeries, but I did not, I was not able to hear any of those messages and I was not able to hear it until I was 40. Yeah. Which is like almost nine years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> so don't know why that took me so long, but I don't, I don't think I would have listened. Yeah. I wouldn't have listened either. And I didn't um, have anyone around me, um, you know, living that lifestyle as an example, even to make fun of really. Um, but I just didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't feel unhealthy. No. Oh, yeah. Same here. Why? I felt healthy. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm healthy. Yeah. I got up, I went to work, I lived an active lifestyle, you know, athletic and love snowboarding. Um, I didn't, you know, didn't put that my drinking and my, you know, food intake was having a massive impact, not only on my fertility health, but my health in general. And I mean, even when people are like, oh, you need to calm your drinking down. And (laughs) I was just a party girl. Not I wasn't an alcoholic. <laughs> I wasn't chugging wow. vodka in the morning by myself. <laughs> but uh, during um, university, was I doing that? I remember during university, I could drink ten beers. Like after ten beers, that would be too much. Oh, that would be over my limit. If I had ten beers now, I would be dead. 
like I have like two drinks and I'm like, oh my God. But it's like, you know, it, it, I will rip your earphones out there. But um, yeah, the tolerance during university was like, it was. It's insane. So I lived in uh, Mammoth Mountain, which is your, where you live is, uh, what is it? Like around 4,000 feet, you know, above, above sea. Excuse the interruption, but I have to correct myself. Mammoth Mountain Town actually sits at 7,800 feet. I'm truly embarrassed that I didn't know this small fact. Sorry for the interruption, and now let's get back to the podcast. Level, So you're high altitude where you're living. So we used to go to Vegas and just not get drunk because our alcohol level tolerance was so high, and then they pumped the oxygen in the... Um, air filters so we would like oh god i mean it's like i almost feel physically sick of how much i used to be able to consume and i'm just like you now two drinks and i'm buzzed i'm such a cheap date but um yeah and i don't know i just kind of wondered like okay we wouldn't listen to anyone else but you know if you had some yourself come back to you to like I'm the future. I'm 20 years. You are going to go through a lot of shit <laughs> if you don't listen to me. And yeah, I still would have maybe just thought, maybe I would have done it halfway. Maybe I would have, nah, probably not. I think I would have thought quackery. Yeah. Quackery, witch doctors, craziness. What's this garbage? <laughs> yeah, I was so conventional. And then, because I thought what my mom was doing was like, just so out there, like doing transcendental meditation like 30 years ago. Having a, I remember with the, the mantra, I'm like, tell me your mantra. She wouldn't tell me the mantra. And it was like, um, yeah, it was, she was just into all this. She was into palm reading and handwriting analysis and all this stuff, which now looking back, I'm like, damn, that stuff is so cool. And I love all that <laughs> stuff now. Um, and yeah, it's interesting to, to, to go back to that, that, that time and why we wouldn't have. And I, I do believe it was, it was our society too. Like I think now, like the amount of people that are coming to me now saying, Hey, I've switched my diet. Like I've done this years ago. Right. Um, they, and they've all thought I was a nut job. Why is she doing this? Reading? Um, and so now people are coming to me, Oh, I'm doing keto or, Oh, I've taken out dairy or, Oh, and I'm like, okay. It took, you know, you know, and it just took them years and years to come around to people come when they're ready. Right. Yeah, I, I totally. I think um, I think it's, you know, there's a few reasons. You either are super sick and you have to do it at a desperation. So, I mean, that was not that I was super sick, but my infertility became a desperate. It was a desperate act. I was willing to do anything and I did. Um, so diet and nutrition was just one of those things I was trying, um, especially the first six months to a year. Um or I think people, um, why else, why else was people going to do it? <laughs> I don't know why I'm losing my train of thought. I think I'm so hot in this room. It's hot. It's like stuffy in there. <laughs> um, why else would people try it? Um, yeah, I think, I think sometimes the diet and nutrition is lumped in, like you were saying, with some of kind of the more extreme things like crystal reading and palm reading and all those things. And I think people get put off even just trying um, little, you know, kind of holistic things because they just, like you say, just lumped it in with all of that. And not that uh, I wouldn't say that I'm 
you know, super hippie-ish now and do all those things. I don't. And I think that's a really good mes- message to sh- you know tell people. It's that you don't have to become all that. You don't have to believe in all that. But what you have to do is find what is affecting your health, whether it's your diet, your lifestyle, or, um, you know, your environment and eliminate those factors. You know, you don't have to put crystals over your head at night or, you know, like I went and saw an iridologist. Fuck, that was the biggest waste of money. Uh, (laughs) And nothing against iridology. I do believe that there is great connections and you can, you know, just like reflexology and, and acupuncture, but um, this guy was just super genetic and he was, um, he was super witty. He just knew like he could read your personality. So he had you, you know, like his charisma was so good. And we were already um, doing paleo. So when he was like, here's your diet changes you need to make, it wasn't that dramatic for us. But what he ultimately did, um, which I didn't, wasn't, I didn't know nutrition and lifestyle at that point like I do now. He put us on a keto diet, which totally fucked me up. So I had been super normal in my cycles the whole life, um, no really big hormonal issues. And being on that diet, and I think I was only on that diet for three or four months. I like I'm naturally skinny anyways, but I was fucking dead thin. Mm. And yeah, my cycles went walking. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) And now I look back and I just think. It could be be, for people with PCOS potentially could be helpful, but other people, yeah, it messes with the cycle. I've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, that's another topic for another episode, but um, yeah, it it was um, insane. But yeah, going back to, you know, why we wouldn't do these things is definitely, you know, people just need to get there in their own time and um yeah, I feel the same way as you. I didn't, what, four years, four years of infertility. It took me to kind of wake up and kind of see the light and try it. Um, and I think, um, you know, if I went down your path, I was thinking about this the other day, because like I said, 10 years ago, if we didn't figure out I had, you know, that, that testing wasn't around, I would have done donor egg and still not fixed my health. And I truly believe that um, my health would have just deteriorated, you know, like it did for you, you know, after all was said and done with your children and stuff. And that's kind of when you, you know, the light flipped for you, wasn't it? It was um, having those really big um, health issues. Yeah. Like most people that come to me are, they're not sick. Like they're struggling with infertility. And I think they, so to go and make these changes to their health, I don't know if they necessarily think that that's where they want to go. So for me, postpartum and years later, then my health, and, I'll, and I'll, again, I, I wouldn't consider myself a sick person. Mm-hmm. I was, I had a bunch of antibiotics and seeing the doctor a lot, but I still wouldn't, I was still, I'm not lying in bed. But um, yeah, so with the fact that it's not, it, it's just, it's the genetic weakness for us, people with their infertility, it's, we're not able to have a baby. Yeah. It's a sign. Like if something's wrong with your, your menstrual cycle, that's a sign. Like it's, it's a sign of your health. Yes. And, and, and so because we're not chronically ill, although people, you know, will come with autoimmune disease and can be, can be ill, can be quite ill. Typically it's, it's not the case. So to making these radical, seemingly radical diet 
and lifestyle changes may not even be something that seems like would make even make sense. Yeah. When the, um, the penny hit for you, so, you know, you had, you decided to change your diet and lifestyle to improve your health. When was it that you kind of realized that this could have worked for you back when you were 28 and maybe help improve your situation? It's back when I changed, like I changed my diet and I went, Oh, like when I was 40 and I went dairy and gluten-free. And then I, you know, late, a couple of years later after that, I did some, some, some stool testing and found some gut infections. And I'm like, Oh, I potentially could have restored my health and restored my period back then. Mm -hmm. I'll never know for I'll never know for sure because I was fully yeah. in menopause. Like I won't know. But um, but like all these these signs were there. And I didn't I didn't dig deeper. I, I didn't dig deeper. I didn't ask. I didn't go to different practitioners to see what else was going on. I took the diagnosis and off I went. So yeah, it it's um yeah, for me it 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 was really I I'll never know for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, with our diagnosis, so you were diagnosed with POF and in reality, what was actually making you infertile was your other issues that you were dealing with. But yeah, because so food, Go ahead. Yeah, so food sensitivity. So for me, gluten, dairy, and corn, I had underlying gut infections. So H. pylori, streptococcus, I had a fungal infection and also like the lifestyle piece too of this, where I'm like, I'm like a go, 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 like get her down. I'm like a major doer. Like you say, you want to get shit down, I'll get it done. But to what, at what cost am I going to execute and get this stuff done? I kept saying, yes, yes, yes. Pile it on. I was, I just remember even with fun, I'd be like, I'd have like a really fun day that I want to add an even more fun to the day. So now I'm like, oh no, you can't do that. You need to, you know, prioritize sleep. Although I've always slept really well. Um, so it's, it's like that, that piece, cause you can eat that really, you know, perfect diet and deal with your gut infections and, um, take the supplements to, to, to heal. But the lifestyle piece, the sleep, the movement, the, the mindset piece, the mindset piece for me came like years later where I'm like, Oh, I can reframing thoughts. And what are those thoughts on the loop? Like that is, that is, you know, equally as important as, as the diet. So it's like a, it's a holistic like approach but to me it 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 didn't I didn't figure that out till years later and yeah mm -hmm. I mean the same it's just um you know hindsight's a bitch but um yeah and like I talked about in the previous episode of just being did you ever get mad like I got like angry oh yeah I'm at, I'm at my my thing is no I don't cry in the corner I beat <laughs> the shit out of the corner and I get like I get pissed yeah so, yeah I get I'm like are you kidding like what this? How come, how come no one, how come I didn't know this? How come no one told me that like diet and food sensitivities, gut infection, being on the pill for 10 years, that this was, this was going to impact my, my health. And I'm still dealing with this stuff now where I just had a hair, a hair tissue mineral analysis test came back. I had huge copper toxicity. I had a calcium shell of like, no one had ever seen it so bad. And so I'm now on this massive protocol again. I'm like, are you kidding me? my hair was falling out again, my thyroid. So it's like, I'm not at 48, some perfect specimen of health. And again, I'm probably healthier than I ever have been, but I'm like, Oh my God. So I'm still uncovering stuff. I'm still uncovering this stuff. And, um, but I'm like, what, why didn't I know this? Are you kidding yeah. me? Really? Yeah. And it's, yeah it's, yeah, it's hard not, you know, to take those frustrations and being pissed off and carry them with you because 
you know, I, like the only saving grace for me is that we didn't have the information. <laughs> it wasn't on Google. There was no books. There, you know, there was no podcast. Um, so yeah, like that's my only saving grace is like you only did what you had to do and you only had the information you took that and you slowly learn and you slowly piece it together and you are where you are now be thankful for that <laughs> yeah like I always think I'm a fast learner I'm like oh my god Sarah you're so fast you just got it you're like I'm walking fast I'm doing things fast and I'm like as I look at things I am so slow yeah. like it's so long to actually assimilate all these things over the years and like make these changes and blah 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 but I while I'm doing it I'm like I feel like I'm doing it really quickly but yeah. Yeah, because I'm an action person, but it, it takes it takes a while for, for you to make, like you, you notice you can notice change very quickly, but like some of these patterns we have, like that stuff doesn't just change overnight. That's why having a having a coach can can fast track it. <laughs> <laughs> totally, I think too. Um, that's a big issue for people is that um, when it comes down to all these big changes that you have to make, they're just so time consuming. And they don't want to do them. They want to be fast track. They want to have that baby yesterday. And so it's really hard to like kind of get into your brain. Like, look, slow down. Slowing down will get you to your goal probably quicker. Yeah. You know, for some of the people. I mean, a lot of people I think who deal with infertility don't necessarily have big issues like we had, you know, like our issues were really, really deep. And there's probably a, a small portion of us within the infertility community that would have to put in that much work. You know, for a lot of people, it, it might just be a few quick, simple changes that, you know, kickstart something else. Yeah, but, I have people um, reading my book saying I went gluten-free and they're pregnant. People listen to the podcast and say, I took a couple of strategies from there and some lifestyle strategies and I'm pregnant. Right. So it's, it's it, you know, obviously the more complicated the diagnosis, you've got autoimmune issues and other things going on, gut infections and, you know, stuff that I had, stuff that you had. It was not a simple case. It, it takes longer, but um, that's, that's not the, the majority yeah, exactly. And I think that's another thing is that it's the norms of society that keep us from doing what we need to do. You know, we see other people get pregnant by drinking and eating the same exact as we are. And it's, um, we get into our head, well, she got pregnant, so I can do it. It's normal. That's, you know, it will eventually happen for me. And, you know, that's when the years start to stack up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that's the heartbreak and, and yeah. Yeah. And um I think if you are listening to this and you have been going, you know, dealing with some issues for quite a few years and you haven't changed anything up because you feel normal, you don't feel sick, it's um, you know, getting into your brain. And I know for me this really helped me. Um, I had to get into my brain that I wasn't that girl. I wasn't gonna be that girl to get drunk and get knocked up just wasn't going to happen <laughs> until I started to change things up. And you don't have to be perfect. I mean, I mean, I guess I'm the, a, a good story for that. You know, I put in a lot of hard work and I did get pregnant naturally, um, eventually. But when I got pregnant that month before um, and a few weeks after, because I just didn't believe I was pregnant, there was just no way I was pregnant naturally, I drank. I ate gluten. <laughs> I stayed up late. I went on girls' weekends. Um, I heavy lifted everything. 
um, you know, like I just did everything and anything that you're not supposed to do when you're trying to get pregnant. Um, and I got pregnant. So it's not about, and I think that's where, um, like some people get really confused about things because they only do diet and lifestyle for like, say a month or two before IVF or just during IVF work. It just doesn't work that way. Like if you have a deep underlining issue, or even if you just have an issue, you know, those few weeks or a month or two, is probably not enough for your body to heal itself, to change, to be able to, you know, carry a baby. Um, so, you know, people really get tripped up on that. And then, like, I think it's funny, especially you know, I've been watching someone do a back-to-back IVF. And she's put in some work before her first IVF. It didn't work. No embryos. Second IVF, they've gotten a few more embryos. And her first IVF, she did everything right. What she thinks is everything right. And her second IVF, she's drinking Prosecco Mm. and doing the things maybe you shouldn't be doing. Um, And I just wonder if people see that and say, well, I did everything right the first time. It didn't work. I didn't do, you know, I just had fun and did it. It's like, yeah, but if you didn't have a deep underlining issue, those few months of you doing everything hardcore probably contributed <laughs> to maybe having, uh, you know, a six, more successful second IVF because you probably were still putting in some work during the second IVF. So it was a, you know, a big um, accumulation of what you were doing. Um, but you just hyper-focus on your results of your IVF. You don't look outside of everything else that's going on and I'm just doing like crazy things with my hands I know, I know this is a podcast but we put it on YouTube where we record ourselves and I just noticed that I'm like, like <laughs> yeah I know it's like we don't we don't know it's it's hard to say well what was it that worked was mm-hmm. it the fact that we actually focused on our sleep was it the fact that we had a major gluten sensitivity we took it out of our diet was it the fact that we stopped you know exercising vigorously was it the fact that we really got honest about our mental emotional issues and we like really went there and figured out our, our, our mindset stuff. What was it? It's, it's hard to really know. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I mean, this is for another topic and I keep saying that because there's so much to talk about, but, um, uh, now I've just lost my train of thought. It's so hot in here. I'm like sweating. So yeah, just doing it all um, is very overwhelming. And I think that's why people get so stressed out because they put it in that um, bracket of, I've got to do it for these few months before my IVF. And as you and I both know, we've been doing this for years and we're still learning. We're still trying. We're still <laughs> finding fucked up things with us. Um, it, you know, it really is a very big process. And I suppose that's why we use the word journey so much through this, that if you have decided to take on these hard challenges of doing a new diet and a new lifestyle, because society isn't there yet. Um, and like you say, we're so much further than we were, thank God. Um, it, you know, I was exactly like you. People thought I went infertile mad when I changed my diet. Um, they just thought oh, I just was so loopy. So all the things that you need to do, super overwhelming if you're trying to do them before a round of IVF, you know, it is, we would say, try your best to start way before the pressure of IVF comes on. 
Yeah, like a minimum of a minimum of three months, like ideally six months. And a lot of times okay, we're talking about these big changes, but sometimes just making a few tweaks, like having someone, a different set of eyes on your case, on, on your specific issue, you kind of see where, like even for one instance, if you're, if you're, you're, you know, severely intolerant to gluten and so many people I talk to are having wheatgrass and they're doing wheatgrass shots, well, that is not recommended. So like simple things like that are like, wait, your supplement, you, you, have a, you have an issue with this allergen and your supplements are filled with fillers and chemicals and top allergens. So like just someone looking at things can then get you, like can fast, you can fast track this thing. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, it's so overwhelming when you pick up a book and you read all those things and you don't have those, that knowledge, um, like someone would have like us or any, you know, any functional medicine practitioner out there or FDN or, um, and they just, um, tweak those little things. And I think that's the, the hard thing for people doing this is that, and how we've said before, you just don't know what that one thing might be. It might be super obvious, like a gluten intolerance, or for me, fucking tomatoes and paprika. Who's going to guess that? Yeah, no one. <laughs> and um, I think we would both say, you know, going back to, you know, believing in this stuff. Um, I know when I first started it, I didn't believe in it. You know, I didn't, I wasn't making the connections that what I was eating was going to have an impact on it. I don't think you need to go in believing in crystals and hardcore meditation and, you know, all being, you know, like really heavy-ish with everything. You don't have to do that. You know, you just have to start doing small things and finding what those small things that you can do in your life. And if you are at a crazy busy job, and you can't give that up right now, figuring out what you can give up, that's going to make your life a little bit easier. Like you said, you know, don't add more fun to your fun day. Yeah. And see, find that gateway for you. And maybe the gateway for you is meditation and mindfulness. Maybe the gateway for you is going completely organic. Maybe the gateway for you is like going deep on your sleep, making sure that, you know, that the five to six hours you're getting, you're going to now optimize it and get eight to nine. You're going to you know, use essential oils, you're going to just go deep into sleep hygiene. Or maybe the fact that you're, for you, it's, you're exercising like, you know, too much. And so mm -hmm. being able to pull back the exercise, that's a, a, speak to a lot of women, the type A, like exercising like a fiend. And um, yeah, so being able to pull, pull that back. So seeing where, where, what feels right for you to start and, and just actually starting. Right. Yeah. I always say the first thing is start with water it's the simplest thing you can do for your health get a water filter and drink like nice fresh filtered water without all the shit that's in it uh, <laughs> and that's that's one thing one week do one thing a week you know and pilot it on but um and don't get overwhelmed with it and be okay that you are not going to be pregnant next month you know i think that's a big thing is that People just want these instant, instant gratification, don't we? So yeah, I think that is us for this week. Um, I'll just like tell the people I've, I've recorded my bedroom with like the windows shut, but I can't have the AC on because obviously you'd hear the strum and I'm sweating. 
so we are going now. But um, thank you so much again for joining us on the infertile diagnosis. I hope um, this episode maybe has given you a little aha moment and we will see you next week. Bye. A few more things before you go. If you like what we're doing, please leave a review and or a rating. We would greatly appreciate it and it would totally help us out. Also, if you'd like to connect with either of us, you can find me, Monica, over at mymindfulme.com and you can connect with Sarah over on fabfertile.com. All the links you need to find us on our websites or social media, any products we talk about, book, special offers, or any guests that we have on, you're going to find all that information in the show notes. So that's it. Thank you once again for being with us here on the Infertile Diagnosis and have a beautiful day.